Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. In this program, I am going to go from not the sublime to the ridiculous, but from the ridiculous to the sublime to the horrendous. I imagine you have seen or heard something about uh, former Bubba the Love Sponge regular Tucker Carlson of Fox News, currently of Fox News. And he made a statement in defense following some unflattering media attention that was targeted at him. And he made it known that this is just an attack from the left to prevent him from being a, a voice of reason and truth and what have you, I guess, concerning the coming elections and other political excitements. But it didn't change the fact that here's a fellow who apparently used to be a regular on that most erudite of programs, Bubba the Love Sponge. The same kind of high stature and morals and repute as Howard Stern and so forth. Now, I never tuned into that program, so I cannot say with absolute certainty that he was a regular, but that's what I've read. And one remark he made was the following, quote, Media Matters caught me saying something naughty on a radio show more than a decade ago. End quote. More than a decade ago, really. So this is 2019, so back to 2009, 2008. I thought you were a man at that time. I thought you were a news professional, a journalist or whatever that you claimed to be at that time, reporter. And you were an outrageous jerk back then. You're still a jerk. But anyway, I I just thought it was interesting defense of himself to say that's that's long 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 ago that's a decade ago <laughs> right so that doesn't count that's not free game right well you know just because the major media elites are rife with liars extreme leftists and moderate leftists and sodomites and (laughs) political activists and what have you, just because that happens to be true doesn't mean that we should give a free pass to the likes of Tucker. And he is not the only jerk at Fox, but enough on him. Over to just an extremely outstanding organization, the Southern Poverty Law Center, 
so-called. Every time that there is some extreme leftist cause, this organization is right in the forefront. And it's got such a great name, doesn't it? Southern Poverty Law Center. This rich, filthy rich organization, the Southern Poverty Law Center. It is extreme radical left wing. Uh, it's the stuff of Saul Alinsky and all leftist activists, leftist political activists. But anyway, one of the founders of this, SPLC, a co-founder, Morris Dees, was fired. Yes, fired ever so recently, just this past month, March of 2019. What a loss to lose this giant of of political activism, of all these great causes. Rest assured, he's not done. Rest assured, we will see much more from this great man, from Morris Dees. But what's fascinating about it, apart from all of the monstrously corrosive agenda of this organization is that Morris Dees has been implicated in all manner of sexual naughtiness going back to the beginning of this organization. It's his way of operating. And uh, how is that possible? I mean, after all, these are these... What's what used to be referred to as bleeding heart liberals, right? Nothing liberal about them. Liberalism is generosity. These people are not generous. Far from it. The furthest thing from it. Not generous of spirit and not generous in action. But I just think it's so fascinating that these who are supposedly such great defenders of women's issues and women's rights and all of those things, as well as, of course, anything racial. Fascinating that uh, he has been an offender, (laughs) a very flagrant offender for ages and ages and ages and ages hasn't been a problem because he has been not on the right side, on the left side, which has been the right side for him to be on. But anyway, smart, talented guy, and he has succeeded the opposite of admirably, but succeeded significantly with regard to putting forth the causes of the left to the detriment of the United States of America. To the extreme detriment of the United States of America. On behalf of murderers and destroyers and rapists and slaughterers and what have you. Great stuff. 
Great work. Great legacy to look back on. Meanwhile, the sodomite agenda is, of course, extremely alive and well in professional sports. Not just amateur sports, but professional sports. The NFL, National Football League, stridently pro-sodomite, thanks to its commissioner. But the National Hockey League, perhaps you saw this, that there was a non-incident at a a National Hockey League game, that's right, but the National Hockey League immediately, that is the bureaucratic apparatus of the National Hockey League, immediately went into battle mode to determine whether this one hockey player for the Toronto Maple Leafs had perhaps made an offensive statement towards an official. Outrageous that he might have said something which they term homophobic. Now, that term homophobic is, of course, just a, it's a created bogus term. But what it is supposed to mean and what it is supposed to stand for, two different things. The meaning is supposed to be fear of sodomites. But the connotation and the intended meaning and message for it is that it is terrible discrimination against sodomites, which is a totally different thing if you get right down to it. But that's all right. They're not concerned about reality and truth here. It's all about moving their agenda forward. The kinds of agendas that the Southern Poverty Law Center can really get behind. Well, lo and behold, there was an immediate and thorough investigation as to whether this hockey player, Morgan, I don't know if it's really or Riley, the way it's spelled, it should be pronounced really, but that doesn't mean that that's the correct pronunciation according to him or his family. And lo and behold, they determined that he did not do any such thing. He did not direct a, an anti-sodomite slur. <laughs> what constitutes a slur, I wonder? But anyway, did not direct such a slur at referee Brad Meyer. Well, that makes me think that Brad Meyer is perchance... A sodomite. But anyway, and this was at a game at the Tampa Bay Lightning's Scotia Bank Arena. I would pronounce it Scotia, but Scotia, something like that. So anyway, league officials. League officials were immediately on hand to interview participants. They reviewed audio of this purported incident. And all, all who were interviewed vehemently denied 
that this Toronto Maple Leafs defenseman uttered any slur. And there was a statement from the National Hockey League, which I just think is, is just so outstanding. It, it really cries to be repeated to the people of the world. If any of people of the world are listening, quote, the National Hockey League does not tolerate language or gestures that disparage anyone based upon their race, creed, or sexual orientation and continues to work to ensure that our games are played in a welcoming atmosphere for all of our players, coaches, officials, and fans, end quote. When in point of fact, this police state sodomite activist Mentality and activity has a chilling effect on all except sodomites. But, oh well. The National Hockey League, such a, an exemplary organization. Really outstanding. Speaking of exemplary organizations, perhaps you happened to see something about this NXIVM organization, and a certain Nancy Salzman. And Nancy is a nurse, but she, a registered nurse, but she obtained a position with this cult, this nasty, ruthless cult, and a top spot, a top, 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 top spot with them, and her daughter is involved, and lo and behold, she just entered into a plea agreement, a plea bargaining agreement, but concerning this organization following the lead of the pseudo-spiritual guru leader, Keith Rainier, who is involved in all manner of sexual hanky-panky of a criminal sort, such as enslavement, rape, little things like that. But dear old Nancy, she was directly involved right up to her eyeballs. (laughs) And her daughter and what have you. Just a wonderful organization. But it included such extremely important people as the fortune heiress Claire Bronfman. Bronfman. Yes, the Seagram liquor heiress. And actress Alison Mack. And I've seen her a time or two or three. Alison. And... So forth, but just a wonderful, outstanding organization that should have been kicked to the curb. Rainier should have been imprisoned decades ago. But anyway, just you know, really good people, good people, yes, wonderful people operating under the guise of leading a religious organization, a charitable organization. Meanwhile, perchance you saw some 
mention of this arrest by border agents in Texas where they managed to get hold of a convicted child molester or two or three or four and an MS-13 gang member who were entering the United States of America without permission and crossing where there is no border. Now, this is this is a drop, not in a bucket. This is a drop in in the Gulf of Mexico. I mean, there's so much of this going on as far as this type crossing the border into the United States of America to prey upon the people of the United States of America. But then we have our our homegrown ones, our homegrown pimps, and all of the other assorted destroyers, kidnappers, rapists, traffickers, and so forth, whom our wonderful justice department, judicial system, and what have you, either ignore or slap on the wrist. We have a revolving door system for them so that if they ever are incarcerated, they are quickly (laughs) released. But... Perchance you've heard of R. Kelly, R. Kelly, rapper, rhythm and blues star who has been involved in abusing, that's the term that's used, that's been used for the last couple decades, instead of raping, instead of raping children, Instead of raping girls, instead of raping minors, just, you know, a little sexual molestation, a little sexual abuse, hardly worth mentioning. But we can't put them behind bars because that would be wrong because black lives matter. He must not be persecuted for being a black man and, you know just expressing himself. So anyway, he uh, he is out and about and alive and well. And I couldn't help but noticing one picture I happened to see of him, one of his groupies, a smallish-looking blonde woman who is just, you know, just enamored with him. But anyway, yes, and a suburban Chicago woman posted $100,000 bail for this illustrious individual, allowing him to be freed while he awaits trial on various sexual abuse charges. Again, he's been engaging in this activity for decades. He's 52 years of age. He's been committing these crimes forever and a day. But a VIP here in the United States of America, one of the really good guys, R. Kelly. Meanwhile, north of the border, not the Texas border, not the Mexico border, north 
to the Canadian border and beyond. A certain convicted murderer decided to leave the minimum security facility that he was in. Yes, Dennis Begin, or however they want to pronounce it, he was found to be missing here a, a bit ago, a couple months ago. They they discovered he was missing. Oh, my word, how could that happen? Convicted murderer, but, you know, he decided to walk. And so, oh, well, he was currently serving a life sentence for second-degree murder. Second-degree murder, I've mentioned that before. I've discussed that before. You know, people that have been charged with second-degree murder after monstrously, hellishly, satanically slaughtering women with an assortment of knives. In in one instance, uh, a young woman doing it to her beautiful young roommate, but recently. But anyway, but again, being charged with second-degree murder. So he was just serving a life sentence for second-degree murder. Why is second-degree murder so important? It's because, you know, first-degree murder, it's so difficult to get convictions on first-degree murder. So much better to start off at a notch lower, a rung lower than that second-degree murder, and then, then perhaps plead it down a couple places from that and so on and so forth. But anyway, he decided to leave... Hasta la vista, baby. I don't know if they've got him back or what. But, you know, again, all these wonderful, erudite luminaries who say that, oh, there must not be any executions. Executing these monstrous, heinous, vicious slaughterers is wrong. No, we don't do that. We put them behind bars for a while. We put them in prisons for a while. We rehabilitate them. Or at least we just take them off of the streets for a while. That's the humane thing to do. That's the humane thing to do for the monstrously inhumane destroyers of the humane. Yes, That's the way it is in these advanced Western nations, the free nations, the developed nations. They have now become so highly developed, so enlightened, so sophisticated that they can't conceive of the need, the necessity to execute monstrous destroyers. Oh, we've come such a long way, baby. We have such a short way to go. Meanwhile, in the wide, wonderful world of leftist corporations, and uh, that actually is an oxymoron because they basically are all leftist. Oh, I know you've heard about Coke, and you say, oh, they're extreme right wing. Well, really? Not so much. If you actually look into Coke, you will find that, no, really not. (laughs) But anyway, uh, JetBlue. JetBlue, which 
I know it's my father's favorite airline, and I absolutely can understand why. However, corporate policies, mm, just a little bit left of center, shall we say. So JetBlue took down a poster of a poster girl, a convicted murderer, you could say terrorist, domestic terrorist, that it had included as part of its Black History Month tribute at JFK International Airport. Yes, they removed it after learning via Twitter of all places uh, that this woman, Asata Shakur, was a convicted murderer of, of police. Oh, my. And here they were holding her up as this, you know, this role model. Okay, this poster girl for Black History Month. Well, her real name, her given name, some would say her Christian name, is not Asada Shakur, but Joanne Chesimard. And she was a member of the so-called Black Liberation Army terrorist organization. Yes, she was convicted for her part in the murder of a New Jersey state trooper, Werner Forster, back in 1973. Do you remember where you were in 1973? Back in 1973, she was put in prison for this. She was convicted of murder and put in prison. She decided to do what... Dennis Beguine did in Canada. She decided to leave. So she escaped from prison in 1979. Convicted murderer. Don't execute them. Put them in jail. She escaped in 1979. Let's fast forward now to 2019, shall we? 79 to 89 to 99 to 2009 to 2019. Here we are, 40 years later, and she is where she fled to, still living as a VIP in Cuba, all right? Yes, where she was granted asylum because, after all, she was being persecuted because she was a black woman, you know. Anyway, just outstanding, but... uh, (laughs) here in the United States of America. Meanwhile, before I continue, let me just say, I am Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever is right and true and good and correct and accurate about this program is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever's wrong, lacking, erring, that's on me. That's due to me, okay? So, perchance... Just perchance, you saw news of this terrible, monstrous slaughter of this beautiful, intelligent, talented, kind, successful young woman ever so recently down in South Carolina. Well, her father, and I'm not going to engage in making a eulogy here, all right? That's for those who knew her best and loved her dearly 
and so forth. But rather, I'm going to comment on this young woman. And some, I'm sure, may find my comments to be offensive. Apologies in advance. But there are reasons to comment concerning what happened. Her father, Seymour Josephson, he said that he wants others to learn from what happened to his daughter and to be more careful using ride-sharing services. Yes, indeed, they should. They should. He wants to see these ride-sharing services improve safety for clients. Okay? Absolutely. Positively. Do that. But, This young woman, who was about to graduate from university, and thereafter, shortly thereafter, to enter into law school at Drexel University, despite her intelligence and her niceness and her vitality and all of that, She behaved carelessly, recklessly, blindly, foolishly. And it wound up being fatally. Likely you've seen surveillance video which shows this former University of South Carolina student getting into a vehicle which drove up, driven by a man of color. And she's busy on her smartphone, and it's about 2 a.m. on a Friday night, on this last Friday night, depending on when you hear this program. And she is in the Columbia's Points Entertainment District in Columbia, South Carolina, And she's standing in proximity to a crowd that's outside of a bar there. And she's on her phone. And you could say distracted, (laughs) right? She's concentrating on some very important things on her phone. And again, about 2 a.m. Friday. All right. And a car rolls up and she hops, skips, and jumps into the back seat. Of the vehicle, and that's the last she's seen alive. She had just requested an Uber ride. Oh, wow, great. So, of course, this vehicle is going to be the one. So, naturally, she just goes and hops in. You know, and it was stated that she simply mistakenly got into this car thinking it was an Uber. She wasn't thinking. Okay. Interestingly enough, she's going to be a law student. You know, law education and the practice of law, the matter of passing the bar and working as a practicing attorney requires some intellect, some intelligence, some coolness and calmness and analytic reasoning and what have you. 
But this young woman throws caution to the wind. Yeah, whoever drives up, that's good enough for me, okay? Now, this fellow who drove up, apparently not an Uber driver, okay? Not working for Uber or Lyft or any cab company or any car service or anything else. He's just an enterprising young man, right? Just an enterprising young man of color. Someone was going to make the fateful mistake of getting into his vehicle, but it could have been a guy and a girl. Doesn't mean they wouldn't have still ended up dead, but it could have been. But he's cruising to give a bruising, all right? Interestingly enough, he has not been charged with rape, only with kidnap and murder. But anyway, I digress. So... She hops into the car. Her body, her bloody body, was found the next day, Saturday, by turkey hunters. In a forested area more than 60 miles away. Well, police caught up with the vehicle and the driver, this young man of color, 24-year-old Nathaniel Rowland. And they found blood in the car, which just happened, his car, which just happened to match her blood type. And they also found that the child safety locks in the back doors were engaged so she would not be able to get out to flee. But, again, he has not been charged with rape, only with kidnapping and murder. Of course he didn't rape her or try to. Of course not. (laughs) Well, this poor young woman, beautiful young woman. Again, she's been eulogized. And rightly so. What a terrible, horrible, monstrous loss. What an absolutely, utterly, totally needless loss. Now, (laughs) it's always needless when there is violence. Not warfare, but violent crime. It's always needless. But it goes on. It amazes me that, you know, it's every batch, and I'm using that term, I'm sure that will be offensive, but every batch, every generation of young women, of girls and young women, they start afresh and they they know nothing and their parents are loathed to instruct them. And of course they know better than to be instructed anyway because of course their parents don't know anything. But there is such a thing as being careful. There is such a thing as being circumspect. There is such a thing as having a modicum of common sense. There are darling daughters of God. I'm not saying she is one, though she may well be, but there are darling daughters of God that in spite of everything, 
are kidnapped, raped, slaughtered every year. Ones like Holly Lynn Bobo, who was kidnapped from her parents' home at 7.30 in the morning, whatever, before she went to college that day. In Tennessee, some years ago, a beautiful, precious girl who was kidnapped by one fellow. Her brother caught sight of her outside, and he thought it was her boyfriend. Turned out not to be. But anyway, two men were eventually arrested after her, I believe after her, remains were found. Sometime after that. They kidnapped her, brutally raped her, and murdered her. Slaughtered this beautiful, precious, wonderful, darling daughter of God. There are some Christians, many Christians, professing Christians, who imagine such things do not happen to Christians. And to take any measures against such things are contrary to faith. All right? Great. I don't know what the circumstances were concerning Samantha Josephson. I only have information that I've read (laughs) to base it on, but I know she is in the midst of this crowd in this entertainment district outside of a bar at approximately 2 a.m. on Friday. When it says 2 a.m. Friday, I'm assuming that means Friday morning as compared to Saturday morning, which would be Saturday, (laughs) But she's a student. She's a full-time college student. Was she working at a bar? I don't know. I saw the video. I'm, I'm guessing probably not. Was it really necessary for her to be using Uber as compared to a vehicle of her own? Was it really necessary for her to be by herself instead of with a group of friends? Was it really Was it really necessary for her to be out at 2 a.m. in the bar district? When I lived in the greater Dallas area, I happened to go into Dallas of all things to preach outdoors. I know, I know it's shocking. I mean, you know, I'm just one of those terrible people. But anyway... And there was a decided bar district, and I think it was called the West End. But (laughs) to imagine that there are not predators and destroyers all about in this day and age when we do not execute them. Wait a minute, Brad, I know we execute them. I mean, there are probably 100 executions a year or 90 Mm, There probably are. How many murders are there per year? How many vicious, brutal rapes short of rape murder are there per year? I mean, I know that just home invasions alone is in excess of 8,000 a year. So how many murders are there per year, huh? But, oh, we execute, you know, something like 90 to 100 people per year. That's right. And they've been on death row for, you know, 20 years. 
<laughs> it's such great deterrent. It really keeps the bad guys from doing these bad things, doesn't it? It's just wonderful here in the United States of America. And here in South Carolina, which as a state has a reputation for being very convivial and friendly and welcoming. And Charleston, it seems like every year, is voted the most welcoming, friendly city in the nation. This isn't Charleston. This is Columbia, University of South Carolina Gamecocks there. But anyway, this, this young woman, she's no more. Okay, she, you know, hopefully she is in heaven or on her way, okay? But for this lifetime, she's gone. And unless God sees fit to grant some special, special, special grace, I doubt if she's going to be on this earth for the millennial reign of Christ. That doesn't mean that she won't be in the eternal kingdom of God. I'm not saying that. But this didn't have to happen even if this destroyer were going to succeed in murdering somebody, kidnapping, raping, murdering some poor girl. It didn't have to be her. She let it be her. Through her careless, reckless, blind, foolish, unthinking behavior. Let that be a cautionary tale for some other beautiful, wonderful, precious young women across this country. Don't wait for the car services, for the ride-sharing services, for the taxi services to engage in some additional safeguards and so forth. Because you know what? Even though this fellow wasn't an Uber driver or a Lyft driver or a taxi cab driver or car service driver, he could have been. Don't imagine for one single solitary moment that if this had been her Uber ride that she thought it was, that the same thing couldn't have happened to her. It could have. But, oh well, she was on her precious social media, obviously, dollars to donuts, right? She had her phone, so when she got into the car, if she recognized that something's amiss, she's not going where she's supposed to be going, why didn't she call the police? Why didn't she call for help? Why didn't she do something? Hmm? Not that she exactly was in a good position. Rest assured, she was not carrying concealed. No, she was not. She was too wise to be doing that. She was too enlightened to be doing that. She was too nice to be doing that. And or maybe she was visiting a bar where they don't allow that. But it probably is something that never, ever, ever would have entered her head. Even though, you know, she's on her way to law school. And if she'd gone to law school, if she had lived, if this had not happened and she had graduated and she had gone on to law school, 
probably would have gone into, I imagine, corporate law or something like that. Because if she had a mindset to be outraged and appalled and horrified about all the monstrous crime across this nation visited upon young women, I think she might have been just, oh, you know, perhaps just a tiny bit more heads up than this, perhaps. So if this was Friday morning, that's during school week, right? Why would she be out until 2 a.m.? Was it spring break? I don't know. I just know it's too late now except for her to serve as an example to other young men, women, (laughs) pardon me, and men who have sweethearts, girlfriends, and what have you, to serve as a cautionary tale to them to wake up. But meanwhile, Another woman, not 21, not 22, not 23, but 45 years of age, was found dead. Her body floating in a lake north of South Carolina in New Jersey. New Jersey, yeah. And a man has been arrested. A youngin, he's only 33. He would, his name, Jorge Rios of Jersey City. He would be described, I believe, would be the, the correct description would be uh, white Hispanic, white Latino, I think would be the term that would be the designation for him. Well, this woman, who is a native of Peru, Baru, She was living in Jersey City. And she always went for a daily morning jog. What could be healthier than that? What could be better for her health and well-being than that, I ask you? So she entered the park alone, of course, alone. By herself, not with another woman, not with a man, not with a dog, not with two dogs. She entered the park alone between 5.45 a.m. and 5.50 a.m. Oh, and there's video. Isn't that great? Just like there was video in South Carolina. We've got all this great video, but you know, the video doesn't prevent the murders. It can help in prosecuting the murderers, can help track them down in some instances, but the video that was being taped shows her jogging in the park, going into a dark area of an open field, and that's it. She's gone. And this woman... I have every reason to believe is a good woman. Of course, that never enters in nowadays. We can't talk about such things, right? Because, <laughs> because of the 
extreme, strident feminism of the past half century. But Carolina Cano, this woman, she went jogging every morning before she went to church. And because she always goes to church, she must have been Roman Catholic, I am assuming, uh, because, you know, morning mass. But she keeps to a schedule, a predictable, foreseeable schedule that can be anticipated with regularity. She lived a few blocks from this park, and every morning, like clockwork, she went for a jog, and then on to church or on to her job as a nanny. Well, this fellow, (laughs) he was able ever so easily to see Hey, there's a pattern here. She's all by herself. There she goes again. And he was able to track her down and slaughter her. Reminds me of that lovely young woman in Iowa. And the similarities there with regard to going out jogging, in that case at night, in this case in the morning. So good to do that. I remember long ago. I mean long ago. Oh, my word. How long ago was it? It was, it was more than 30 years ago. But I remember going to a park in a town in Washington State and walking around the park. And I remember seeing this one beautiful young woman jogging. And she looked very fit. She ran beautifully, strongly, but beautifully, gracefully. But what struck me most of all, (laughs) and this was a popular park, loads of people. There was a lake in it, and she ran around the lake. And no, I didn't make a habit of going back there and, and seeing her and trying to strike up a conversation or something. But she had two big, impressive dogs that were running ahead of her on leashes. And I can't remember what they were, but it was a, some would say a gruesome twosome. They were magnificent. And it was either like a big, beautiful German shepherd or something like that. And then the other one, a big, beautiful Doberman pincher or something like that. It was quite the twosome. It was very impressive. I was very impressed. And I couldn't help but thinking at the time, if there are any bad guys that intend her ill, I think they're probably going to steer clear of her. All right? But, of course, you know, dogs make messes. You know, if it's not uh, the poop patrol, then it's a matter of slobbering and you know, getting their hair on you and so forth. I mean, golden retrievers, sweet, sweet, sweet golden retrievers are just, my word, I'm a magnet for their hair and what have you. But anyway, that young woman was 
intelligent heads up. She realized she was beautiful, and she realized that maybe, maybe there would be some less than good guys around. You could say, well, you can't, you can't leap to that conclusion just from, you know, from the looks of things there. But I did discern that, and she was quite something. And I hope and pray that she is still safe and sound and well and living a wonderful life. And I trust that she is, truly. I would go on with a couple other stories, but I cannot because time does not allow. So next time, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you.